Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. Okay, so you know last week we were talking about um, seat belts on school buses? Yes. Dawn wrote in. She Hi, said, Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> she said, hey, gals. I was just listening to your latest podcast. You were wondering why there are no seatbelts on school buses. They don't have them as kids could use them as weapons. You all know someone would. Yes. Also, think about it. If you had a bus full of kids, especially younger ones, all belted in and there was an accident and that bus caught on fire or the kids needed to get out fast, a lot of kids would panic and may not be able to get the seatbelt off. They are probably better off not wearing them in case of a major accident. I don't know, just my thoughts. I always like to put my two cents in, and uh, whether they are right or not. Don from Minnesota. Well, that sounds right. It, yeah, it makes total yeah. sense. I love it. So thank Definitely you, Don, for writing in. She's so smart. She is smart. Those are the only kind of people we hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a joke. Jane Lynch, we know who that is. This is her favorite joke. Friends of an old guy hire a lady of the evening for his 90th birthday. She arrives at his door, throws open her coat, and shouts, I'm here to give you super sex. The old man thinks a second and says, I'll take the soup. (laughs) You know who Jane Lynch is, right? Yeah. Okay, that's her favorite joke. Comedian. (laughs) I'll take the soup. Oh, dang, he's 90. <laughs> Poor guy. It's really like, hmm. <laughs> Tempting, but soup sounds nice. <laughs> okay, now you have given me today's beginning. These are entitled brides. Oh. We love them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm going to start from the bottom because I think it goes from the least to the worst. Says, I'm speaking in here because I don't like drama, and I know what is said here will stay here. Please, lol. I'm feeling beyond discouraged. I made a cake for someone at the last minute. I told her I was a beginner. I told her two and a half days isn't a lot of time. She said it's fine, showed me a cake with the exact designs, then said, do what you want, just please help me. Okay, so she's asking this girl for help. Mm Mm-hmm. I dropped off the cake, and now, more than 10 hours later, I'm getting messages about wanting a partial refund because it was aesthetically disappointing. I should have added more decorations for the cake for $200, as she said, then told the potential clients I had through her, I am terrible at business relationships. I hope y'all's day starts out better than mine. So they told her she was a beginner, and... They bitched anyway. Mm-hmm. This looks like a tweet, maybe. So, so I've been planning my wedding for about three months so far. My fiance and I planned an engagement celebration, and I specified on the invitation that we were we were re- requesting cash only in lieu of gifts. We have a mountain of debt and would like to start our marriage with a fresh slate, and figured this would be a great opportunity to do so. Well, the party was last night and not one person brought us cash. They all brought small gifts that served no purpose to us and it was hard for me to mask my irritation. 
We invited upward of 30 people, most of which showed up and all we got out of it were some household items that we already had. I still tried my best to enjoy the party, but by 9 p.m. I was over it and went to bed. The next day, after spending most of the night furious, I sent out a mass text basically asking guests I was close with where the miscommunication happened in our gift, our gift request. I didn't get many responses, but the responses I did get were pretty rude, which was shocking to me. I have been dreaming of my wedding day my entire life and would think friends and loved ones would want to help in making it perfect. I'm thinking of disinviting those that responded rudely to me, but also could give them another chance. We will be requesting cash as well, and I have already sent out an email reiterating that cash is expected and not gifts, and any gif- gifts will be returned for cash or sold on eBay. What do you guys think? Hmm. That one's a hard one. Because if you're, if you're already, like, living together. Yeah, you already have you all You already shit. have all the household stuff you need. Yeah. And if you ask for cash, either... Give them cash or give them nothing. Yeah, I get that. You know? Yeah, I get that. I don't, I don't understand why they would spend that money when they actually asked for cash. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna get a gift anyway, yeah, and they specifically ask for cash. Yeah, I get I get give that. them cash. I actually that actually happened because me and Aaron had been living together for at least a couple years when we got married. And we got a lot of things that we already had, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, I don't know. But then, you know, there's the just be grateful for what you yeah, get. I get that. But on the other hand, <laughs> like I eat, if, if you don't agree with the cash, then just don't get nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get that. Now, it also depends on how you ask for the cash. <laughs> yeah. If you're a dick about yeah, it. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe they're like, well, fuck you. I'll do what I want. Well, you know, and like my thing, because like, okay, say, say for someone's birthday or even wedding, if I go out and buy them something for 20 bucks, say, I feel like I've put more effort and thought into that than handing them a $20 bill. I would feel so dumb handing someone a $20 bill in you know like for a wedding instead of yeah but if that's what they ask for i don't know and you don't hand them the money you know what i mean though you get a card and you you know what i mean i would i I would feel i get it i would feel like that's not enough you want it to be well i was gonna say more personal but if you're buying them a blender that's really not that personal (laughs) so well they didn't fucking money (laughs) okay next one well, it's like Peyton. I asked him what he wanted for his yeah, birthday. he always wants cash. Yeah, he's like, he goes, I don't need anything. Yeah. Well, he did. He said he needed new uh, earbuds, mm. but those are expensive. Yeah. I was like, well, I'll give you some money to go towards <laughs> your ear, earbuds. Right. So I gave him money. Yeah. Eric gave him money. I gave him money. Yeah, that's what he that's what he wants. I get that, yeah. I, I get the irritation. I do. I mm-hmm. do. Okay, next one. I contemplating posting on this, but as time passes, I grow more inclined to do so, and I seriously need your thoughts on this. Not for a friend, but for me, as I'm completely stupefied by this happening. 
We, we received the most beautiful wedding invitation via mail and have responded well before the deadline with our choice of dinner and space for two. Days later, we receive a sweet voicemail for, uh, of thanks for responding, followed by a request for $150 to, to cover the dinner at $75 per person. Okay, what? Has anyone ever heard of this happening? What in the creation on planet Earth? By the way, this is not a destination wedding. Not even at uh, not even at those we've attended. We've never had to pay for a plate. I have never heard of anyone having to pay for their plate Absolutely at a not. wedding. No, no. I've been like, um, I take back my RSVP. Yeah, I'm not coming. I will just stay home and eat like something cheaper than that. Yeah, I I wouldn't pay to go to someone's wedding. I it's it's it is like what? <laughs> never you, heard of that before. You ask me like I've never even like even if it's just like a party or something. Mm-hmm. Like, will you come to my party and bring me money? <laughs> what? What? So, if you if you okay, yeah, if you're having a party and you want people to bring food, you call it a pitch in. Sure. And, you know, bring some food. Yeah. But you don't say, do you want to come to my party? Oh, and by the way, I need $100 for the food. Yeah, I spent a lot of money on this party. That's no. So, no. (laughs) That is ridiculous. And that is exactly what a fucking wedding is. It is a party. Yeah. I don't care what anyone calls it. It's a fucking party. (laughs) And you don't ask people to and pay no to attend your party that's so <laughs> dumb <laughs> so dumb and i don't even think we're halfway through these oh my god and they're just gonna get worse okay this one looks like it's maybe to the guests uh oh yeah so it looks like maybe it's the wedding party it says hi members of the blank wedding of winter 2020 Hope y'all are doing great and getting all of your wedding wedding gifts. Ha ha. I prepared your cold hard cash and your large housewarming gifts for blank and I. I really cannot wait to see you all and receive your gifts. LOL. This December. In all seriousness, we are asking our guests not to change their attendance because of COVID. We have had a handful of guests decide not to attend our wedding because of COVID fears the, uh, this is dangerous because we have a $20,000 plus monetary goal minimum. Ladies and gentlemen, most of this money will help cover the cost of this amazing wedding and goes right back to you. This is for you. <laughs> Think of all the food and drinks and fun you will have. Heaven forbid if y'all are generous and will actually get to book our european tour ideally y'all will donate upwards of thirty thousand, so blank and i can spend a month traveling bar hopping swinging and more in europe please have a bit of empathy for blank and i because covid and its nonsense has actually added depression into our lives so we really need y'all to open your wallets and give us just a little bit. As a bit of a motivator, we have decided on some guest giving tiers. 
zero to a thousand dollar donations, get a thank you card with my kiss stain signature. A thousand to fifteen hundred dollar donation, get a thank you card with kiss stain signature, my wedding thong, mailed separately with husband's consent. Fifteen what? <laughs> $1,500 to $2,500 donation gets a night with Blank and I, a bottle of barefoot wine, lint chocolates fed to you. $2,500 to $3,500 donation, you get a party thrown with just us and a ceremony of appreciation. This can't be real. $3,500 to $5,000 donation. Invitation, invitation to join Blank and I for part of our honeymoon, but you'll have to sleep on the couch. $5,000 to $6,500 donation. Ultimate prize. We can get away with Blank and I where we drown you in affection and spoil you. <laughs> that can't be real. It looked real. There, uh, it looks real. So, are what are our weddings turning into just people making extra money? I think so. I think so. And who in the fuck is going to give someone sixty five hundred dollars for their wedding, especially with that kind of a prize? Yeah, really. I mean, come on, that's so dumb. I'm really hoping that's not real. Uh, next one. Good morning, Blank. My name is Blank. I am the wedding coordinator for Blank and Blank Sanders. I am reaching out to all confirmed guests to do a, finally, a, f a final, I think they meant final, headcount and go over some rules and regulations of the wedding day. First of all, are you still attending with plus one? Rules and regulations. Please arrive 15 to 30 minutes early. Please do not wear white, cream, or ivory. Please do not wear anything other than a basic bob or ponytail. Please do not have a face full of makeup. I think we've read these, actually. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <clears throat> Please do not record during the ceremony. Please do not check in on Facebook until instructed. We did talk about these. Mm -hmm. uh, use hashtag blank when posting all pictures. Do not talk to the bride at all. Everyone will toast with Remy. No except exceptions. There are so many... Um, typos on this too mm. lastly must come with gift of 75 dollars or more or you uh won't be admitted in yeah we definitely yeah. talked about this one ridiculous one. whatever fuck off i ain't coming <laughs> 75 dollars no uh this okay this says client i'm looking for very edgy photos for my wedding should be an all-day job with six hours of post of posed photos with the wedding party. I'll need a DVD of all the edited photos in high resolution, and you will be compensated $150. I may also be willing to let you do a trash the dress shoot with me the next day. It says, in response, I sent a short but polite email stating I could not meet the requirements that uh, the at the quoted rate 
So in other words, fuck off. That's I was getting to say $150 <laughs> for six for hours. All day. Yeah. All day. Yeah. Fuck off. Then the client uh, responds, look, asshole, I know how the business works. I've been a wedding photographer for 15 years. I make over $8,000 a day. <laughs> what? Um, then take your own damn pictures. Seriously, what the actual fuck? Next one. Hey, everyone. So we are all aware that my wedding is coming up in October. I've already sent out all the invitations, meaning most of you have gotten them. Thanks for those who have RSVP'd already. If you have not, then please RSVP by Sunday. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to have you. That being said, I would like to announce our gift registry to everyone. To all those coming to my wedding, there are a list of gifts that you can bring. You must choose from the list or consult me first. There are no exceptions. The list includes any kitchen-made appliances over $350. This does not mean regular kitchen items like aprons or spatulas. I'm talking about their stand mixers, blenders, etc. Any Gucci or Louis Vuitton purses. Other purses are allowed, but please consult me first. Any clothes over $400 from Calvin Klein, Moschino, I don't know what that is, or Nora's. New floor tiles for the entire house. I know this one is a bit of a stretch, but I'd gladly appreciate it. A new car or new trim for my car or anything in relation to the car. $400 or more gift cards to any of the following places. Fifth Saks Avenue. I think they got that wrong. Uh, Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom, Calvin Klein, Gucci, Whole Foods, Sprouts, maybe even JCPenney. Other places are acceptable, but please talk to me first. Any Korean or Asian beauty products totaling $400 or more. Any high-class paintings or decorations totaling $400 or more. Or a cash gift of $400 or more. So as you can see, there are a lot of things on here. I'm expecting everyone to spend at least $400 on the wedding gifts. I'll accept slightly lower amounts as long as you tell me first. Also, everything on here is first come, first serve. Here's the link to the spreadsheet where you can find who's bringing what. Remember to apply early if you don't want to get me a Gucci purse or anything you don't want to get. Thanks, loves. <laughs> what? How about you want to bet that spreadsheet didn't get filled up? Or maybe it fucking did. Maybe that's why this person is like that, because they surround themselves with enablers. Oh, my God. How do people act like that? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Next I would one. feel so stupid even thinking about asking for something like that. If I was, if, like, seriously, if I came over and be like, Jody, look, I want to throw a party. You are totally invited. I need $500. <laughs> what the fuck? I would start laughing at you. Seriously. seriously. I'd be like, um... Sorry about you then. That is a normal reaction. That is ridiculous. Okay, next one. This is a text conversation. It says, hey, girly, thanks for your RSVP. Brad and I are thrilled to have you on our special day. Can I ask a simple favor? Uh, replies, thanks. I'm excited and happy for you. And of course, what do you need? I need you to make custom centerpiece for each of the 20 tables. 
If each one could be a separate Disney villain, I would die. Oh, and could you also do a cake topper? OMG, I'm flattered, but wait, the wedding is next week. That's not enough time for me. Yeah, it's next week, but we figured they can't be that long to make, right? She replies, actually, each wood carving what? takes approximately three to five hours of work. Painting takes another hour, depending on detail. I could probably manage a cake topper, but I definitely don't have time to make 20 centerpieces. I'm sorry. You're kidding. This is such short notice. What are we going to do? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> she writes back, am I missing something? You just asked me now, a week before the wedding. I had no idea you were planning on using my art. God, you clearly don't understand the stress and pain that it takes to plan a wedding, do you? Um, no, but I also think you should have asked me way in advance. Maybe you should try finding stuff on iParty. Go fuck yourself. Worst coworker ever. Uninvited. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? What is wrong with people? What? Like, seriously. Okay. Next one. You pay us $50 and then start taking photos that you can sell at the wedding to people who want them. That way, we can use the money for the wedding and you still might get paid. I said no, obviously, but nicely. She was very upset with this and started to cry when I said I'd do the wedding for just $50, which is way below my rate. She started with the bridezilla anger stuff, which I had to deflect for an hour until she called me a bad friend and said she'd do the same for me. Eventually, she left in a huff. I just shrugged it off. Then I started getting phone calls and messages in the following weeks from mutual friends and even her family, who I've never met. Uh, soon I'm getting messages from people saying I'm selfish and that I'm ruining my best friend's wedding. They overestimate our friendship. <laughs> and even that I, could, I should be ashamed for leaving a friend out in the cold. So I said I'd do it for free because why not? Free booze. That wasn't good enough. She was insistent I pay her. Phone calls and messages persisted, getting all scorched earth, several dozen calls in the same day, and several hundred texts. We would get a stop in at least once per day, which became increasingly threatening. It was turning into a shit show. So I finally just told her I'd do it and pay her on her wedding day. I never had the intention of showing up at this point because they, would, uh, because they just wouldn't fuck off no matter how many times I told them to. This was about three weeks before the wedding. So the bride wanted this person to pay her yes. to take her wedding pictures. She was like, you can give me $50, take these photos, and then you sell the photos that you take to my guests. And then you might get paid. <laughs> I... <laughs> exactly. Okay, and my last one, I just received a wedding request where the client wanted me to pay $100 to photograph this event. I thought they were joking at first. I laughed and then was slightly offended and then laughed again. I explained, uh, fortunately, I'm not in the position where I need to pay to work, but thanks for the offer. Uh, but for real, though, what kind of bananas are we talking about here? <laughs> 
Like seriously, how does that even get in people's brains? I, exactly. What I mean, they they think it really sounds like they think that you or like them inviting you is such an honor and a privilege. Like it's so, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Wow. And you know, I and it's it kind of blows my mind thinking because I do I think about this a lot where. The stuff going on in your life is so fucking important, but nobody else cares. Nobody else. Nobody. It does not affect anybody else in this and entire they world. Shouldn't care exactly. And that, like that, that phenomenon where people think that their lives are just every like everything surrounds them. I just don't. I don't get it. And they these people have to think like that, right? Like oh, that yeah, everything revolves around them. And we, anybody should be grateful. Exactly. To be in their, their presence. Is, right. And and the fact that we invited you to our wedding and you don't want to pay for that? <laughs> like what has happened to these people in their lives? I don't, I don't know. It's very sad. I it's it's really sad because like that's not the it's that's not how the world works. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> no, they don't. Especially not enough to pay you to go. <laughs> I <laughs> All right. So, I did these are 26 creepiest true stories from all around the internet. Ooh, okay. So, I don't think done these before but i am in the same boat with you i'm pretty sure i haven't read mine but you never know yeah we need your stories email us ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com okay we used to live in a really old part of my town now when i say old i mean 1700s old a lot of old tore down buildings and a lot of boarded up houses when I was about 11, we lived in this one super old duplex, but with four apartments instead of two. And my neighbor, Max, was to the right of us. One night, Max and myself were skipping rocks on the abandoned railroad, railroad tracks behind the local VFW. No one ever really went on the tracks, and there was a lot of trash from the homeless people who once occupied the area. As we were walking down the tracks, we hear yelling, like someone is in a heated argument like super angry. Well, it starts to get dark and the yelling gets louder. Max is freaked out at this point because it's so silent outside. You would hear a needle drop. But instead, all you hear is yelling. I hear Max scream and turn to see him being pulled by his legs what? down the track. Huh? I race after him and scream for whatever it was pulling him to stop. I felt like my heart was going to pop out of my chest. I jump on Max and we go rolling off the train tracks down into the woods. Max yells to me and asks if I'm okay. And as I look at him to respond, I notice this little tent to the far right tucked under some logs and broken down trees. Thankfully, Max has his flashlight and we look inside. Never in my life have I seen something this gruesome. It was the shriveled body of a man, his skin hanging off, and the smell so unbearable that I begin to heave. I fall back to vomit, and this dead guy grabs my ankle, and I book it out of there. 
I ran so fast and didn't look back. I heard Max yelling my name and screaming. This thing was chasing us. What? We ran past the VFW, down the alley and into Max's yard, into, into his house, where we locked every door and window. We barricaded his room and cowered under his bed. Max's parents were out that night, so they weren't around for all of this. For two hours, this thing banged on the door so hard we thought the doors would give way. Eventually, we fell asleep and woke up when his parents got home. We vowed to never speak of it to anyone, ever. What? I'm confused. Yeah. What? Was it just a really old, skinny dude? But then what was dragging the dude with by his ankle? I don't know. Is that two creepy things right in a row that had nothing to do with each other? Or was it this man or whatever? And I don't know. Fucking weird, whatever it is. That's creepy. Weird. Hmm. I don't know. My folks and I were cruising the waters of Howe Sound during a weekday. We were out to catch the ever-elusive salmon, but little did we know we would get more than we bargained for. At the south end of Gambier Island, there are three bays. One of these is Center Bay, and at the north end of it is a wharf owned by an exclusive yacht club in Vancouver. We tied up, intending to explore the property and sleep overnight before bugging out first thing in the morning. Dad went up to check out the property, and within a few minutes, I followed. I went inside the house and found it in total ruins. Heading outside to check the rear of the house, I heard three ape-like noises behind me. Figuring it was Dad, I told him to give it a rest. But a few <laughs> minutes later, I saw Dad on the wharf talking to Mom. Knowing something didn't add up, I wanted to quiz Dad on his whereabouts, but refrained. Later, I took a hike beyond the house and found a trail that led to a number of fruit trees in an abandoned orchard. Wondering if any fruit was on the trees, I got in among the trees... Reacting to a feeling of being watched, I turned and saw something that took two or three seconds to register. Standing about 50 to 60 yards away was a creature standing about seven feet high and weighing several hundred pounds. It was a Sasquatch. This spooked me. We looked at each other for a few moments before the Sasquatch moved into the, into the deeper forest. He was just interested in keeping an eye on me. After sunset, I called Dad out to the back of the boat. I had heard the same ape noises from earlier in the day on a nearby rocky slope. For several minutes, Dad and I heard Sasquatch splashing in the water, and it was having a great time in doing so. Just in case of further contact, I slept with one eye open that entire night. Okay, that's the cutest Sasquatch <laughs> I've ever heard of in my life. You imagine him making little ape noises trying to scare him, and he was like, would you knock it off? And he's like, oh. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> I'm just gonna go play in the water <laughs> so cute <laughs> I'd like to think that these that that's him <laughs> that's my Sasquatch speaking of I was watching um, Bigfoot Expedition that one I was telling you yeah. about well I watched the latest episode today and um, they were talking to this guy that had a Bigfoot encounter and so they asked him to do a, uh, oh, what's that, a sketch. What's yeah. it called? Like a police sketch? Yeah. What? Yeah. I think it's called something else, but whatever. Uh, artist sketch? Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so they did it, and 
it was so creepy because his description when they asked him did it look more like a man or more like an ape yeah and he said it looked more like a man weird so it was basically this drawing of this huge hairy man like it didn't look like those typical sasquatch yeah i mean it looked like the face looked like a man with a beard weird it was really weird was he like yep that's it yes he was like oh my gosh that is so like accurate oh my gosh i need to watch that and they are also well if you're gonna watch it i'm not gonna tell you that much but they were talking about the government used to have a team of big of bigfoot hunters really trying to find then they had like underground bunkers like deep in the woods trying to holy shit but it stopped for some reason i don't know Hmm. weird yeah it's really good you should watch it i might do that about 10 years ago my family and i were up in the white mountains of arizona to cut down our christmas tree my dad was driving our truck with my grandpa in the front seat and my mom and sister in the back seat i was in the bed of the truck along with our family's german short-haired pointer we were driving along a forest road and all of a sudden my dog starts barking and growling so i look to see what it is thinking it's maybe a bear or a mountain lion lion what i saw was a tall dark figure walking parallel to the road about 60 to 70 yards away i yelled at my dad to stop the truck when i told him i think i see bigfoot he just laughed and continued to drive (laughs) When I looked back to get another look at it, the figure had changed directions and was walking away from the road. The last thing I saw was the thing's head disappearing down a hill. To this day, I still do not have any explanation for what I saw. Every time the situation comes up, my dad always tells me, always makes me tell everyone my story just so he can laugh at it. (laughs) That's mean. Rude father. Change his tune if he saw it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When my husband and I were first married, we lived in a little house in a nice little subdivision. My husband worked the night shift and would leave the house around 2 a.m. One night after my husband had left, I woke up drenched in sweat and stiff with fear. I had had the most realistic dream. In my dream, I walked through the house to look out the door by the kitchen. There, sitting on the railing, were two sailors drinking beer. One was blonde, the other dark-haired. Seeing the blonde sailor, I became terrified. I knew I couldn't let him look at me. What? When I woke from this dream, I was relieved to hear my husband walking back through the house towards our bedroom. The cats who were sleeping with me also heard him and turned towards the door. At what seemed almost the same instant, I realized the footsteps I presumed were my husband's were walking across hardwood floors. But our house was carpeted. I lay frozen with terror in bed until dawn. At first, I only mentioned it to my husband, but then the same thing happened to three different people staying at different times in our house. When it happened to my sister-in-law, the cat stood on her bed and hissed at the approaching footsteps. My sister-in-law promptly got up and drove home that night. A few years (laughs) after we moved, I found out by accident that the area where our subdivision had been built had many years ago been a very bad part of town. My family has come to believe that our little house must have been built on an area where something bad had happened. That is creepy. 
I've never heard of hearing like footsteps on hardwood in a carpeted place. I have. Have you really? Well, well, like on ghost shows or whatever. That is creepy. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of that where they were like, that sounds like it's on the floor, but there's carpet. Mm -hmm. Weird. It is weird. I've definitely heard footsteps on a carpeted, you know, like where they didn't know where the footsteps were coming from, like maybe upstairs or something. But to hear that, that distinctive click Mm -hmm. of that footstep on a hardwood floor. Yeah. Crazy. A decade ago, when I was about 13, dad got a call from a friend of his. His friend had shot a huge eight point white tail buck and lost it the night before in the woods. The deer was shot with a bow at sunset and ran into the woods across a road. Dad's friend called him at eight at eight at night and told him he'd need help finding it the next day. Dad asked if I want to learn about tracking deer. I'm all for it because hunting is amazing and off we go the next morning. This is out on Maryland's eastern shore. Lots of woods, lots of hills, lots of walking. I was tired and trying to retain what these two hunters are telling me, but still having a blast. We found a really long blood trail. Fur, the whole thing was fun for me and my dad. (laughs) We'd been out there for maybe an hour or two. I'd take a break near a small thing of trees that connect to the massive woods where the blood trail went. Dad's friend goes into the woods and I'm just looking at the trees trying to spot a white belly or part of a rack. Then I saw something perched on four limbs. It was hard to see it, and it's been about a decade since, but I saw what looked like a fox with a short muzzle, no tail, and really long limbs. Like deer length. Deer, what? Deer Ew. thin limbs. It's just standing there, maybe 20 yards from me. I can't tell what it is or what color. I just know it's strange looking and it's not moving. That's not the weird part. That thing kind of just loped away. Like those cat videos where the cat is scared, lifts its front feet off the ground, and runs off on its back legs. What? Like that. Ew. Only it held its front legs higher, and it ran like that was the way it had run its entire life. Like that was natural for it to do. Hunched and hurried, but not wobbly. I only saw it for a few seconds. Dad scared the shit out of me by shouting about the eight point being found. I told Dad I saw a weird animal. He said it may have been a fox. I told him about the legs being weird and long. He gave me the look. The look that says stop making shit up. I got that look a lot. Well, (laughs) I learned how to gut, drag, and track a deer that day. We took a trip to the butcher. I got to watch them begin processing, and that was that. As for what I saw, I've always had a big imagination I could have just been asleep deprived because 6 a.m. on Saturday at 13 years old is bullshit. Maybe it was just a fox that moved weird. Maybe it was a deer with a messed up head. I don't know. I only saw it for a few seconds. But what I do know is that deer and foxes don't run on their back legs. That was an alien. That's an alien. Weird. Fucking animals walking like people. Stop it. Okay, so I'll try to make this as short as possible. Well, to get the the background, I've always been very open to paranormal things and always been a firm believer. I have been friends with this guy, we'll call him B, 
for a few years, and he decided to start a paranormal group for our circle of believers. So B, myself, and two other people started looking into the history of his house because all of the things that had happened over the years there, and turns out it's one of the oldest houses in our city, and there have been three deaths there. The worst was a double death. A woman left her husband and took her three-year-old daughter and moved into his house, and her ex-husband ended up accidentally shooting the daughter, daughter trying to shoot the wife, then turned the gun on himself. We have all seen what looked like the silhouette of a small child, but never knew the story until then. So we're sitting in the room we normally see the little girl at with the EVP recorders and such, trying to catch anything we can, and another one of the group members starts bad-mouthing and just straight out provoking the spirit, even though we had agreed not to. He gets hit from behind and has what looked like a fist print on his side. Whoa. Me and myself had decided to call off the investigation because we didn't want to fool around with an angry spirit. So we all stood up and went to leave the room. I was the last one out and thought I felt someone. I guess the best way to describe it is caress a piece of my hair. As soon as I got to the doorway, I thought I saw what looked like a black silhouette of a man, but he had more or less a dark reddish aura around him. I personally don't remember anything after seeing him. The way B told my, me the story is I just stopped abruptly and stared into the hallway, then looked at everyone looking at me and took off running down the stairs. I had gotten to the door leading outside, and B caught up with me and grabbed me, asking if I was all right, and my eyes were just dull. I wouldn't speak to him. So he tried to lead me to the couch and sit down, and I wouldn't go back into the house. I just kept trying to get by him to go outside, never saying a word. So he got really worried and attempted to pick me up and take me to the couch. B said I grabbed the back of his neck and dug my nails in, scratching down his neck and around to his collarbone. As I was doing this, I said, you can't make me stay here any longer. I didn't mean to. I just want to leave. And I pushed past him, pretty much ran outside and collapsed right as I stepped off the porch. I know it sounds super crazy, but I think the man's spirit was stuck in the house and me being as open as I am. I think I was used as pretty much a vessel for him to get out of there. He had been stuck since death. Creepy. My friend works at a movie theater, and supposedly a worker died in one of the theaters by falling down some stairs. My friend was cleaning, and out of nowhere, a shadow runs across the screen. Then he saw the shadow continuing up the stairs to the door. He was freaked out. When he was cleaning after closing, this is a two-story two -story theater, the elevator door opened and then shut by itself and went back up. It came back down again. The door opens and an empty trash can is in the elevator. What? The door goes back up. The door comes back down and it opens and is full of smoke. It closes and goes back up. So they send six people up, three on one stairwell and three on the other. So that way the person would be trapped. Turns out no one was on that floor at all. How did all that stuff happen? Well, this trash can isn't done. Later that night, someone was counting the money, and they were all by themselves. And out of nowhere, a trash can comes rolling by. <laughs> <laughs> no one else was on that floor. No one could get on the floor. A week later, the guy is in the vault, and no one is in the building. And he hears a knocking at the vault. He goes to check. No one is there at all. He, 
He runs out of the building. The next day, the popcorn thing goes off by itself. That's creepy. <laughs> Trash can rolling by. <laughs> <laughs> that image in your head of this person counting money uh-huh. and then just... <laughs> What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I've had two experiences with Ouija boards, the second of which made me get rid of mine and never touch one again. The first time was when my best friend, Melanie, and I started using the Ouija board at her mother's house. And it told us that it was a male spirit and that it was going to hurt us. It directed most of its threats and comments to Melanie, and it used a lot of bad language, something Melanie and I didn't do. That night, Melanie said she heard knocks in the room and she was sleeping, knocks in the room she was sleeping in all night long. The second time Melanie and I used it was at her house. We put the board on the table that had one of those mirror tops. We lit a candle and started using the board. It kept saying that Melanie was pregnant and that it wanted to show us what it the spirit looked like we started to get scared and said no we didn't want to see it at that point the candle flame got really long and made a whooshing noise the flame turned blue melanie melanie and i were looking down at the table when we saw the blue flame reflected in the glass we moved away from the table and the board and then saw a face in the flame it wasn't melanie or me but a man's face the face slowly started turning into a skull We blew out the candle and threw the Ouija board away. That night, we kept hearing scratching and clawing noises, even though we were alone in the house and never heard those noises before. We also found out a few days later that Melanie was pregnant. (laughs) I've never used a Ouija board since that second time, and I don't ever intend to. Yeah, stay away from them. They're creepy. Especially on a fucking mirror. Oh my god, I know. What the fuck? Oh my god. So I knew loads of stuff that happened around me wasn't exactly normal, but anyways, I'll start from the beginning of the stories that go with this line of thought. My family has a ghost that follows the youngest member of the direct line, from what I know, can tell it's from my mom, grandma's side, through female descendants mostly, and most of the time nothing happens. Mom has never told me any stories of how she dealt with things as a kid, So I don't know what's up with that. I intend to ask at a later date. Anyways, soon after I had been born, one of my mom's acquaintances started taking real interest in me. She was highly religious and had never been able to have her own kids. I saw her have an encounter later with my mom, which is how I know, and made several, oh, she's so cute, I could just take her away kind of remarks. Apparently, no one took it seriously, until one night she was babysitting me alone and my mom and bio father got home while she was screaming bloody murder. Apparently the family ghost did something that scared the daylights out of her because she flat refused to be in the same building as me or my mom until my mom left the area. So that was the infant years. About the time I was three to four, my grandparents got a lake house and I had my own room with an antique radio in it. Sometimes my grandma would come in and wake me up for a goodnight kiss and turn it off. Sometimes not. But until the day they packed to move, the radio was always off in the morning. Seemingly of its own accord most of the year. This went on until I was 11 to 13. About the time I was 15, my mom introduced me to a wide array of religions, including Wicca. I got really sensitive to things this last year, and I've started seeing a tall shadow man 
out of the corners of my eyes, mostly in the hallway and such. I recently found out, which prompted this, that my stepdad scoffed hardcore about whether or not any of it was real until his first night alone in the house with my mom. I was a toddler and was staying with my grandparents. She had gone to bed and he was watching the TV alone, and the door on the entertainment center opened and closed on its own twice, no wind, no windows open. I remember as a kid having to struggle because the door relied on magnets that were really strong to stay closed. Outside, outside of that, I don't know much. Most of the occurrences are incredibly mundane, but consist, consistent. Hmm. My girlfriend and I were driving along a country road north of Kokomo, Indiana. Oh, no. The road was lined with thick, tall bushes. As I drove along, my engine went dead and the radio shut off. I leaned down to fiddle with the radio and keys. Suddenly, I realized that my girlfriend's face was contorted in fear and she was silent. She only pointed out the window in front of us. Now the engine was still dead, coasting, and the lights were very dim on this dark night. No moon. There, in a line on both sides of the road, were beings with only their heads and shoulders showing above the ten-foot bushes. They had no features. They did not emit light to light up the dark around them. They were very tall above the bushes and had very wide shoulders and the heads and shoulders were much larger than a human's. I was amazed and immediately said, they want to communicate, I am stopping. My friend became violently hysterical at that comment, so we coasted on. The car engine started once we coasted by the beings. This whole episode lasted as long as it takes to coast at 10 miles an hour for about 50 feet. These beings lined the road on both sides for about 50 feet or more. My girlfriend locked herself in the bedroom for two days and would not talk to me or her husband and kids. Holy shit, that's creepy. That's weird. Yeah. What were they? I don't know. Aliens? I'm not sure if this counts as alien or not, but I definitely saw something I can't explain at all about five years ago and have been dying to tell the story in a thread. About five years ago, me and two other friends were on our way back from Warp Tour in Maryland, being driven by one of the friend's moms because none of us had a car we could drive yet. Okay. It was almost night, the sun was still kind of out, and it wasn't that dark yet, and we were driving on a two-lane highway that had trees on either side of the road and a median in the middle of the lanes. Basically, some creature ran out from the trees on the other side of the highway, jumped the median, and sprinted towards the trees on our side. We almost hit the thing, and our friend's mom had to slam on the brakes, and everyone in the car was screaming our heads off. <laughs> Not because it was a look-out-for-that-deer situation, but because this was the scariest fucking-looking thing I've ever seen. It was black, had long gangly limbs, and moppy black long stringy hair, this thing moved so fucking weird, I can see it clearly to this day. It galloped so awkwardly, did not run at all like a deer or anything of that sort. When it jumped, it jumped off of the back two legs and landed again on the back two legs before coming down and galloping across the road. Everyone in the car said the same thing, which was, what the fuck was that thing? To this day, I am convinced it was a demon or an alien or an escaped medical experiment. <laughs> it was large and terrifying, and the way it moved was unlike anything I had ever seen in my life. 
I wish I had more details, but sadly, that's all I remember. I've asked my friends and the friend's mom about it numerous times, years after the fact, and it still gives everyone shivers. Holy shit, that's creepy. What the hell? The fact that it jumped off of its back legs and landed on its back legs. That is so unnatural. That's not how animals... No. Oh my gosh, that is creepy as fuck. Okay, this week I did... Encounters with either strange people or maybe aliens. Okay. One evening in winter, I didn't leave work until almost 7 p.m., so I was walking home and thought, fuck it, I'll cross, I'll cut through the park and get home quicker, even though it's really poorly lit. A couple of minutes into the park, I could hear a group of people behind me and in front of me, and I was thinking, fuck, I'm going to get jumped. Up ahead, there was a lamp post with a CCTV camera on it, so I thought I'll stop there, and at least I'll get jumped on camera. As I stood beneath this light, this really tall woman jogged over and stopped next to me. I'm six feet tall, and she was way taller than me. She asked me, is it okay if I walk with you? And I was like, sure, okay, I guess. She walked with me to the edge of the park, talking about how dodgy the park was at night, As soon as we got to the edge of the park, she told me to have a good night and then jogged back into the park. It was really weird. I felt certain I was going to be mugged or something if she wasn't there. I walked through the park every day for about a year and never saw her again. That's weird. It is weird. Why'd she just jog back into the park? (laughs) It's almost like she... That was her, her territory. Yeah, this is my job. And anyone that walks through, they had... She had to, like... Escort them out? Yeah. Weird. So they didn't get jumped. I don't know. Strange. <laughs> Next one, the pink lady. I call her that because she always wore bright pink and her skin was very pink. I used to drive to a park that was near me, run around it for about an hour, and then drive home. One year, on the hottest day of the year, I saw this woman who was somewhat overweight and I'd never seen her before. I remember thinking that a 98-degree day was a terrible day to start going for walks or jogs or whatever. I saw her from a bit of a distance, but I could see that her mouth was wide open. Her walk was very fast-paced shuffle, like a person running with their pants around their ankles. I saw her a few more times over the coming weeks, always in pink, always with her mouth open, always shuffling, and always from a distance because the park path had many splits and turns and such. I had mentioned her to friends of mine who thought maybe she was power walking, but after watching videos of that, I didn't think that's what it was. Anyway, one day I was running the opposite direction from her and our paths were going to cross. As I got closer to her, I said good afternoon and waved. As I was saying this, I noticed that her eyes were very dark brown and it was very hard to distinguish the iris from the pupil. She stopped dead in her tracks, stared into my eyes, and quote-unquote, smiled at me. And by that, I mean her mouth very jerkily, like something out of a horror movie, went from an O to be a frown to completely straight to a smile, then back again. It was creepy as fuck. As I was leaving the park that day, I saw her sitting on a bench and staring at me as I drove away. Never saw her again. Weird. That is weird. I just got chills. Rounds with their mouth open or shuffles or whatever. Weird. I don't know. 
Next one, I was going through a really hard time at the time, and I was walking back home after getting something to eat alone at a local food court. I was standing at a traffic light and saw this kind of this guy kind of off to my right and got a weird feeling, like he had an aura or something. A totally normal-looking man, by the way. Anyway, a few minutes later, he came... He comes up to me as I'm walking and says, you have one of the most kind energies I've been able to see. And I'm like, oh, God, is he trying to pick me up? What the fuck? Please leave me alone. Then he continues and accurately, like insanely accurately, tells me what's been going on in my life as he knows that X, Y, and Z thing is happening, but in a broad sense, like, I think recently you probably lost a family member close to you that you loved. You had a falling out, but you need this to push forward, etc. When I clearly looked freaked out, he just smiled and said, yeah, I have a gift. People don't believe me, but it's a thing and just wandered off. <laughs> well, there you go. Next one, I had a moment with a guy in the street that left me wondering for months afterwards. He was wearing clothes in a style that was just slightly off. Couldn't tell you exactly what was wrong with it beyond every item of clothing looked custom made somehow. He was excited and a little erratic and asked me when it was. I told him the time, about 1.30 p.m. He shakes his head and asks me what the date is, so I tell him and he thanks me and rushes off down the street. Now, I was quite close to our local hospital, and it's possible that he was a psychiatric patient or he could have been cosplaying for all I know. I think that the psych patient thing is more likely than the cosplaying explanation, though. I never got the hint that he was playing a game or trying to deceive. But I was unable to shake the feeling that he was a time traveler. Easily one of the weirdest interactions I've ever had. Hmm. That, that is a weird question to ask. Mm -hmm. Next one, it was a few years ago. I was working at Best Buy and, came, and a guy came in with an outfit so inconspic inconspicuous... It was conspicuous. Maroon jacket, sunglasses, baseball cap. Uh, kind of worried he might be a robber. He bought like 200 AA batteries. We had to ask people if they were the best buy rewards number and look it up with their email. I asked this guy if he was a member and he gets really nervous looking. He kind of acts confused and then said yes. I asked for his email and he froze up for a second. Then he said something to the effect of www.email.com and asked if that sounded like an email. Seeing he wasn't getting it, I just brushed it off and hurried him out. Always just had a weird feeling. I'm very skeptic of conspiracy theories, but I want to know what this guy's story was. Hmm. That is very weird. That is weird. Next one, I moved into a new apartment complex last year, and I am positive one of our neighboring couples are aliens. Both seem to be in their 40s. The guy is nice, but seems very fake nice. Not like snobby or anything, but genuinely trying to put on a show. When I say hi to him, he always slowly raises his hand, stares, and then after a few moments gives me a very weird hi there. He's also constantly working outside in his garage area on like man stuff but none of his projects or purchases ever see the light of day it's like it's all a show the wife is even more bizarre unlike her husband anytime i say hi to her she stares at me and kind of follows me with her eyes and doesn't say anything 
She'll stand in the apartment entrance, and if I pull my car in, she just stares and doesn't move until my car, my car is weirdly close to her. The wife's weirdest trait? I have never fucking seen her wear shoes, but I have never seen her feet. She wears socks all year. I have on two occasions caught her outside in the pouring rain doing things with only socks on her feet. Takes walks with socks, plays with her kids in only socks. Everything this couple seems does seems like shit straight from Men in Black movie. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care who the fuck you are. That is the most uncomfortable thing is wet socks. Oh, my gosh. That is the worst. Hate wet socks. Nobody likes wet socks. No. Why would she only wear socks? What? Oh, no. Weird. A few years ago, I was part of an independent media team covering a major event. Not quite Super Bowl or presidential inauguration caliber, but maybe a tier below that. So pretty big. We were covering the street scene, and the producer's goal was to get as many off-the-cuff interviews with famous people as possible. We'd chase mere rumors of even Z-list celebrities all day long. So one day we were walking down the bar strip of the city where the event took place, and this dude and his posse rounded the corner in front of us and started walking our way. The guy was tall, good-looking enough, well-dressed, and looked like he was having a good time. He was also totally fucking dark cloud or shadow. He was wrong. That's the only way I know how to put it. Like we were only seeing a man because our minds are frantically trying to spare us from the sight of what was actually there. It was a hot day, but I swear the temperature dropped about 15 degrees as soon as we saw him. All of us. Me, producer, cameraman, and sound guy got walloped by this wave of get the fuck out and away from this man right now, all at once. We turned in unison without saying a word and just booked it. I have never in my life caught a vibe that bad off of a living person before or since, and we all felt it like getting kicked in the teeth. It wasn't until we were several blocks away that the sound guy asked, hey, wasn't that X? It hadn't occurred to us, but the man was actually a celebrity and a pretty well-known one at the time. He had a nasty reputation, but so did a lot of people we talked to. Nothing like what what could have accounted for what that pure wave of evil swamped all of us and made us run, especially since none of us recognized him at first. Should we go back and try and talk to him? Someone asked the producer, who'd been running us ragged over much smaller fish all day long. The hell we will, the producer said. Not on your life. I need a drink. <laughs> Later on, I described all of this to a friend who has a background in candomblé. I don't know. Looks like a French word. I'm guessing maybe witchcraft or something. I don't know. Mm. Um, she said that the guy was being ridden by something pretty damn bad for sure. Apparently, that's what people who are possessed by bad shit look and feel like. And I actually kind of believe it. Hmm, that's weird. That is weird. That they all felt that? Yeah, just getting like a huge wave of evil. Like, what the fuck? Okay. Not me, but my mom, when she was pregnant with me, seven months or so, went to check up how everything was, and the doctors were worried that I was too big and could be born with congenital diabetes. 
This scared her because in her family, one of her cousins had diabetes as a kid. They didn't try to calm my mother or give her any sort of assurance as to how she was supposed to keep on taking care of me and her and left her to leave the appointment crying. On her way back to the car, she said that a man approached her and told her that everything was going to be fine and that I was going to be a big baby, but a healthy one. She doesn't remember the face of the man or anything before that. She just felt better. And when she turned to say thanks, he wasn't there anymore. Aww. That's nice. Next one, I met a gentleman wizard, cloak whole bit, in the, in the dark at a festival. Told me he always knew when he was going to time travel because his gums would bleed. He also offered my friend drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird guy, I guess. Uh, I think that's just a weird guy. <laughs> think that's an alien <laughs> uh next one not me but a friend of mine was really sick with the flu could barely stand he sat down outside the pharmacy while they were getting him meds or his meds ready the girl a girl with bright blue hair sat down across from him and said you aren't looking too good they had a weird conversation and he finally asked are you a hallucination to which she replied Yes, but not one of yours, and walked away. <laughs> to this day, he's still not sure if she was real or not. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't yes, talk to people when you're sick. <laughs> but not yours. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, next one. I don't believe in auras in any traditional sense, but every so often I'll see a certain glow or color about a person. I see it as part of the brain's wonderful plastic ability to interpret information as opposed to a physical reality. One day I was waiting tables at a restaurant. A man I can only describe as a dark cloud or shadow walked in. He almost looked like an animated villain. It stuck out to me so much. There was a slight misunderstanding at the beginning of our interaction. He was going to try and get me fired. I used every ounce of my customer service strength and ability to turn him around to the point where he liked me. He then proceeded to order a steak extra well done. The man terrified me. His eyes were beady and empty. His smile was crooked. He saw a chance to hurt me and he took it. But before all else, I saw that shadow hang over him. I later heard rumors from several people that he was involved in sex trafficking on one side or the other. And boy, do I believe it. Hmm. Creepy. Next one, many, many years ago, I was working as a receptionist or secretary at a professional firm. One day, this guy came in, older guy, thin wire rim glasses, had a German accent. The alarm bells went off. He never said or did anything inappropriate, but my skin was crawling and I couldn't get away from him fast enough. I ducked out to fetch the owner who would be meeting with this potential client. It wasn't a long meeting and after the client left, I told my boss, what I'd been feeling around that guy. He believed me, but couldn't relate as he didn't get any weird vibes off the old guy. Thankfully, we never saw him again, but it has never happened again. And I often wonder what he did in his spare time to carry so much fear and negativity around with him. Hmm. And this is my last one. When I was in my late teens, I was working at Walmart and these two teen girls came up behind me hollering another guy's name. I just ignored it until I got tapped on the shoulder. 
They said the name again right to my face and asked why I would just walk right past them and not say anything. I told them I wasn't who they thought they were they were talking to, and they continued to argue with me that I was someone else for a while. They eventually gave up, saying that I was not being funny, and left. Maybe I'm the time traveler. Hmm. That's so weird. That is weird. Ooh, I'd be like scary doppelganger mm -hmm. and shit. Okay, it's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up. I did funny tweets. School just sent a picture of all the kids playing dress-up and my toddler under his blanket pretending to be asleep. And I was like, yep, yep, that is absolutely my kid. <laughs> I realized that my tire was flat halfway through the carpool drop-off, but I continued to drive on it because the thought of being that parent who holds up the carpool line was scarier than ruining <laughs> my car. <laughs> That's true. Stages of kids' speech. One, babbling. Two words. Three sentences. Four, Minecraft. Five, yo mama jokes. <laughs> I'm so grateful for my kids, but when I had them, I didn't, I don't think I fully comprehended that I'd need to hang out with them, like, all the time. <laughs> yeah, they never go away. <laughs> Just when you think you're raising a normal child, one day you look at your 10-year-old and she's biting into the middle of the taco first. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I'm not saying it was his favorite thing about our vacation, but on the way out, my 7-year-old gave our hotel's vending machine a big hug and said, Bye, bye, Vendy. I'll miss you so much. Oh, my God. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I would die. <laughs> Today, my five-year-old asked me which solar system Planet Fitness was in, and I had to leave the room. <laughs> it's not the Milky Way, that's for sure. <laughs> my wife opened the fridge door and said, why is there a Lego box in here? The answer is kids. It's always kids. Yep. Until we start losing our minds because of the kids, and then we start leaving <laughs> stuff in there. <laughs> I am sure that our four kids fighting over who found the most e Easter eggs at 7 a.m. is exactly what Jesus had planned for today. <laughs> totally. <laughs> My wife and I are wondering what parenting mistake we made to lead our teenager's teenage son to squeeze his toothpaste like this. And it shows a picture of a tube of toothpaste and it's all twisted around <laughs> oh my gosh what is that i don't know i've never seen that done before damn kids it kind of defeats the purpose of trying to get your yeah. toothpaste done. indian parents on easter be like look the bunny brought you some math worksheets <laughs> fun <laughs> no one my land Locked four-year-old at bedtime. Do we have sea goggles? <laughs> what? My toddler insisted he had to take off all his clothes to go into the dressing room. Solid <laughs> logic, really. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh, I forgot all about this. What? I was telling my kids how Netflix used to come in the mail oh, and yeah. they didn't get it. 
They mailed you the movie? These people are our future. Lord help us all. I totally forgot all yeah. about that. Yeah, it was a mail service. Yes, I did it. Did you really? Yes. That's funny. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. And that really wasn't that long ago. No. It, no. It's it probably wasn't. early 2000s. Right? Probably. Yeah. Because that's when all the blockbusters closed and stuff. Oh, so you couldn't yeah. go do it. So then Netflix came out with, oh, we'll just send it to your house. And they were, it was so funny because there were just a few that you could watch on, like, download or whatever. Oh, yeah. But the rest you had to get through the mail. That's funny. And I always just got the ones through the mail because I didn't know how to do the download thing. <laughs> and I don't understand this one. Okay. Really enjoying my kids' heated backseat argument regarding checks notes are ducks birds. We had a checks notes last week that I cut out because it didn't make any sense. What is a checks notes? I don't know. Our, and it says regarding checks notes are ducks birds. I don't care. So is is checks notes like a um, like a narrative of like I'm checking my notes. We are so old. It's not even fucking funny. I don't get it. And we had one last week that you said checks notes, and we were like, "What?" So I cut it out. I don't remember that. Was it a tweet? Yeah. Oh, it must be a thing on on Twitter now. Huh. That we're too old to understand. Well, someone write us in and tell us what the fuck that yeah. means. Checks notes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is it, it's always in quotes, right? Yes. Okay, so. Yes. I, the only thing the only thing that I can think of is that it's like a narrative of someone checking their notes. You know what I'm talking about? Like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So embarrassed. <laughs> We're very old. We're old. Okay. Let's move on. Welcome to motherhood, where you wish the kids will want dad for once when they're upset so you can get a little break. And then when they want dad, your feelings get hurt and you don't understand why they don't want you. <laughs> oh my God, that's so accurate. <laughs> them. Kids are resilient. They'll bounce back from the last few years. My kid, sword fighting a recycling bin in a darkened pantry while wearing a wedding veil. Oh, my. <laughs> Is your kid normal or did they climb out of their crib for the first time at 18 months, hide in a closet, wait silently for you to enter their room, and then let out a tiny giggle just moments <gasps> before you had a heart attack? What? No. No. A, a baby did that? A baby. Oh, my God. And they laughed about it. That's hilarious and so scary. <laughs> Holy shit. I remember, though, when Tiran was very, very young, maybe two. And she, I was taking a nap. And something, like a noise woke me up, like right next to the bed. And I look down and she's getting into something. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm, I'm getting this for Joel. 
I was like, okay, tiny baby, <laughs> you're not smarter than me. Oh, yes, she is. Even though that was very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You're getting it for Joel, really. I think it was like candy or something. That's how, that's, that's always, the, and it's been her excuse ever since then. <laughs> it's always because of Joel. Yeah. Oh, my five-year-old is wearing a velvet dress and gold heels and had me paint her nails red with silver sparkles. And she's chasing her brother with a Chewbacca mask on. She really is living her best life. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Our eight-year-old lost four teeth in the last two weeks. She's a brave oh. kid. She pulls them out herself, mm. probably motivated by money. Anyway, she has saved a lot of tooth fairy money. And tomorrow she's going to the Scholastic Book Fair. This is her Super Bowl. <laughs> I had one of those. <laughs> My kid while eating a hard-boiled egg. Mommy, what flavor is the yellow part? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter in the alcohol aisle at the grocery store. Oh, great. We're buying mom juice again. <laughs> Why is that a fucking problem? <laughs> I don't get it. You're the reason we need mom juice. Exactly. God, I always, I always say to my kids, you just wait. <laughs> you, you will understand one day. Yeah. Why is my son playing his recorder at 7 a.m.? I feel like this is my punishment for talking back to my mom. <laughs> yep. Fuck them floors. A kid with muddy shoes. <laughs> And that's all I got. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Send us your stories or anything. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook. Request to join the group. Rate, review, and subscribe where you listen. And we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye.